Today's episode of Transform Your Workplace is brought to you by Zenium HR. Learn more about Zenium's complete HR plus payroll solution at zeniumhr.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by swag.com. You'll learn more about swag.com halfway through the episode. There's a special offer that you don't want to miss. Today's episode features Tamika Sears. Tamika is the author of A-Hole Boss, a humorous yet honest expose on misguided management behaviors. And as you can imagine with the title of the book, there is some explicit language throughout this podcast. So just be aware of that, especially if you're driving around kids like I might be when I'm listening to podcasts. So I wanted to warn you on that first. And in this episode, you're going to hear all about the types of behaviors that bad bosses have, how bad boss behavior might impact a culture and a workplace environment, and what are some ways that a-hole bosses can truly make a change for the better and what steps it takes to get there. So I think there's a lot of takeaways from this episode, whether you're trying to level up as a manager or if you recognize bad behavior in the office and you're aiming to help fix your workplace culture, this is a great place to start. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Tamika Sears, the author of A-Hole Boss. Reach out to me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. I would love to connect with you and make sure to connect with Tamika Sears as well. Have a great week and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Tamika, it is a pleasure to have you on Transform Your Workplace. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. We're going to talk about your book. It's called How to Tell If You're an Asshole Boss, a humorous yet honest expose on misguided management behaviors. So let's first describe and distinguish between the difference between leaders, managers, and bosses. Let's start there because I think that sets us up for what describing what an asshole boss is. Yes. So I, I have what I what I call like the, the hierarchy of leadership, you know, and at the top we have leaders and those are the people who understand that you have a coaching conversations with your employees. You treat them as humans. You lay out expectations and let them kind of get to the result the way that they best can, the way that they want to. Um, then you have managers who know that, you know, you shouldn't be super mean to your employees. Um, they know that there are, you know, certain rules that they need to follow, but sometimes they still kind of slip back into bad behavior or they may not have updated leadership training. So they still think that things are, you know, command and control and they know that they're, you know, not awesome but they also know that they're not horrible. And the people that become leaders are those managers that realize, you know, there's a better way to do things. And then at the bottom, you have your asshole bosses. <laughs> <laughs> and those are the people who micromanage mm -hmm. and who have, you know, very little self-awareness, who take credit for projects, who say, yeah, yeah, you know, ask me any questions. And then when you do ask, they treat you like you're an idiot. Those, mm -hmm. those are the asshole bosses. Do you find that people within the spectrum of, of leadership, and I'm trying to find a word that would like encompass all of these these levels, but do you find that people start in one area? Do they start as an asshole boss? Do they just start as like thinking I'm a just a you know a good boss? They start as a manager and then either go up as a leader or boss. Like in your experience, where does it progress? 
So I, I think there are some people who are truly just natural born leaders. You know, those people that you meet and you're just like, wow, like, how are you not the president? You know, like there are people who just have it. And then there are people who do not. <laughs> and they, they start off at that bottom rung and, and they can learn and grow and develop and move up. And that's the thing that I think is great is you're not stuck there. I was a horrible boss when I was younger. I was a total asshole boss. But thankfully, I had people in my life that did show me that there are better ways to go about being a leader. When you were what you call an asshole boss, and I, I wonder how many times we're going to say that today, which is just great. What were some of your behaviors? What, and I'm sure you've, it runs the <laughs> gamut and you've seen other people who would fall into this category behave in a different way. But what kind of things did you catch yourself doing? Well, I look back, like a part of this process when I was writing this book, I was thinking about when I was that person and when I was in that mindset. And I was like, I was embarrassed like to, to look back at my behavior because I, I remember getting a new hire and sitting down to train them and anything that they didn't like automatically get, I would mm. just get super frustrated and be like, why didn't you write that down? And, you know, and I just, I had very little patience and I in no way, shape or form met people where they were. You either rose to my expectations or I was, I was done with you. That's so, yeah, so fascinating. What are some behaviors of, of other people? bad bosses you've encountered? Oh gosh, there's, there's the whole, there's a whole <laughs> lot of them. I worked at a place where there were people that were known for, you know, banging on the desk and yelling at people. And I just remember, you know, this was kind of later in my career. And I remember thinking, I would love the opportunity to be in the room when someone does that. Um, it, it never happened, which is why I was never arrested. Um, just because you think you would snap oh, yeah. back at oh, them yeah. in the moment. Like, I'm not, I'm going to call them out on their bullshit. Like. <laughs> yeah, that would have, that would have been a lot of fun for me, but you know, there probably would have been some pretty dire consequences. So probably good. It never happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like with bad bosses, are they self-aware or does it take a moment of learning where they, in hindsight, will see that the behaviors that they had were, were not so great. What I found is that most times they are completely unaware of wow. how what they are doing is impacting other people. Hmm. Um, completely unaware of how their behavior can make someone else feel good or bad. That's unfortunate. And it's like, well, how, do you, how do you make them understand? But I guess it's only through some sort of feedback loop, right? Like, so how does a bad boss become self-aware of those actions and how it's impacting people? Well, that's one of the reasons why I am a fan of Leadership 360s, because if done the right way, people are able to understand that they may be a big part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. Now, describe the, the 360s. So is that a boss or a manager would send that out to their employees and that you get a 360 or is it facilitated by some other leader? Because I, I would worry about retaliation of some sort, you know, and I'm sure you've covered all that, but just give me a sense for how you structure this. So that's why I said I've done the right way, because I have seen um, companies that send out just like this blanket, hey, how are you feeling about Joe? Um, that that's not really a good way to do a 360. Having a little bit more structure to it, having some leadership competencies that they're being rated on. Yeah. Uh, and depending on the environment, the culture of the company, either having it all be anonymous, like you say, you know, mm -hmm. give a, a huge list of names and it goes out to some or all of them, but you don't really know who responded. If it's a culture where you feel like someone is going to retaliate, 
I would never say, let that person know who responded because that's going to set that team up for failure. Ideally, you want to get to a place where people can start having those conversations in person and feedback is welcomed. But before you're there, like if you're still in that, I think I'm doing great, but my people actually really hate me place, getting a structured 360 done and having someone walk them through that 360 that can say to them, people don't necessarily hate you. This is their perception of you. This isn't who you are. And it's not going to help you to go through this 360 and say, well, I know that Susie uses the word commonly all the time. Mm-hmm. So this is Susie's comment and I'm going to get back at her. <laughs> so yeah. having someone that's trained in working through that feedback with someone is really helpful. Now, you said you yourself were a bad boss until you realized some of the things that you were doing. So not all bad bosses are a lost cause. But I I can't help but to think like some of them probably need to be moved out of an organization. Like you don't want bad bosses running rampant in your organization. I'm sure that's going to damage the culture, the environment, not be safe for employees to be around. But how many of them actually learn from mistakes from some of these, you know, 360 and the feedback that they get? So I I have been called the patron saint of lost causes. um, (laughs) I do think that most people are redeemable. Yeah, good. I think sometimes it takes a a slap in the face. And I, again, I think part of this is because my own experience, you know, I had someone who quit and sent the like site director a, a long letter about how awful I was. And I had to look at that and say, you know what, probably like 85% of that is actually true. And I never stopped to think about how it was impacting that person. With bosses, do they tend to have relationships with people or do they keep themselves at a distance? So it's it's funny because the, the bad bosses come in both categories, mm. right? You have the bad boss that has a relationship with like that the one or two people on their team that they value. And they treat everyone else like dirt. Really? So they play favoritism or, or yes. I guess the ones that maybe relate closer to them and the rest are like dead to them, basically. Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes it, it is because those are the people that kind of get the work done. But if yeah. you haven't given other people the opportunity, you don't really know what they can do if you haven't given them the opportunity mm. to shine. So in your book, you, you talk about clues that you might be a bad boss or maybe you have a bad boss inside your organization. So I'm, I'm really curious about the environment in particular. So if let's say a bad boss is around, what would the environment be like versus if they're not there, what would it be like? Because I'm sure it changes based on their presence. Absolutely. And so one of the, one of the ways you can tell if you have a bad boss is if when people are in the office, if it's super silent. <laughs> yeah, Because they're tiptoeing around. They don't even right. want to give them any ammunition. Right. Like nobody wants to give that person any fuel to say, you know, why aren't you working or come over and shut down the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's it's typically very quiet. The other thing, when people are just not in the office, and it's it's funny because with most people going remote over the last couple of years, what I have noticed is that the people who want to go back into the office, they want to go back in because it was a good culture. The people who don't want to go back in at all, you know, it's either a mix of like work-life balance or they're like, wow, I am much more productive at home. Or they're like, I never want to see those people in person again. (laughs) (laughs) Most of us have probably received a corporate gift or swag in the past, but how many of those did you actually end up keeping? My guess is probably not many. That's why you need to go check out swag.com for your company. It's the best place to buy custom gifts and swag that people will actually want to keep. Swag.com has so many unique customizable gifts that I've actually never seen anywhere else. 
like custom yoga mats, custom Apple AirPods, and even branded kayaks. Yes, I said kayaks. Swag.com carries premium brands like the North Face, Yeti, Nike, and much more. And it's all customizable with your company's logo or artwork. You can even create custom swag boxes full of great branded items, all delivered in a fully unique box. With Swag.com, you can store your swag at their warehouse and ship to individual addresses, or you can send in bulk to a single location. And it's easy to manage in their free-to-use online portal. Swag.com put a special offer for Transform Your Workplace listeners. Right now, you can get 10% off your order, but only when you go to swag.com slash TYW and enter promo code TYW10. Remember, 10% off your first order, go to swag.com slash TYW and make sure to use promo code TYW10. Now back to the show. What are some things that some of these bosses do, whether it's like maybe not directly at employees, but just irritate and piss off employees? Well, part of it is that micromanagement, right? If you give someone something to do and then an hour later, like, so where do you stand on that project? It's like, dude, it's it's been an hour. Calm down. Right. You know, or the manager who says they want this vague thing and then you bring them what you think they mean. And they're like, no, that's not at all what I asked for. And then they get upset with you because they didn't communicate effectively in the beginning. Besides the 360 feedback, that's hard feedback, like where you actually have some data around whether or not they're a bad boss. But are there any like signs, like subtle signs that you can like, if you're just walking throughout the office or just seeing the way people are behaving that you would be able to spot bad bosses pretty fast? Yeah. Like one of the first clues that I have in the book is um, when you enter a room and, and people stop talking. Yeah. If you're the person that conversation stops, yeah, you're, you're probably the problem. <laughs> you're probably the bad boss. And then the other thing is when people are talking about their lives, if people are like, oh, did you know that Ron had his twins last week? And you're like, Who's Ron? That's kind of a sign of a bad boss. If you don't know the team, you don't know your employees. I was going to say, is there a way to measure like the happiness around employees, especially if, I mean, if they're unhappy, then you sort of understand that there might be a, a bad boss lurking. And I'm wondering if like you can directly correlate those two things together, like happiness of employees or bosses. I don't know if you have done any research on that or have insight. Yeah. One of the things where having a, a bad boss is an early indicator of somebody who's going to leave the company. So you'll have higher attrition, lower productivity. There are a lot of companies that do employee engagement surveys, and those employee engagement surveys will either have low scores or the bigger thing is lower participation. So when people are not even bothering to participate anymore in those employee engagement surveys, that's a big red flag. That's interesting. That's a that's a really good point. And for those that actually do fill it out, I mean, what, what's a really good way to use that data to take action, whether it's addressing it with the bosses in question or to even report back to the employees saying like, hey, we're, we're actually going to work on this and we're, we acknowledge and hear you but here's what the next steps are like what what do you recommend so what you just hit on a really key piece when you get that employee engagement data and you want to take action on it one you should probably check in with the employees to see what action they actually want right because what you think they may want may be different than what they actually do want and so if you if you get some some kind of cohesion there and you're able to make changes you're able to you know, give flexible schedules or put in a leadership development program or, or career pathing. When you make those announcements, it's really important that you let people know that you did that because of that employee engagement survey. Because 
if you just say, hey, we're making these changes and people really aren't able to tie it back to the changes were made because of the feedback that they gave, then again, people Mm -hmm. stop giving feedback because they don't see any traction. When it comes to being an asshole boss, do you think it's it's all behavior based? Is it a lack of skills? I, I'm curious, like why people actually behave this way. I mean, part of it's I'm sure they themselves had crappy leaders ahead of them, so they're only they're probably learning from from those mistakes and, and just having a, a poor leader. But what do you think it is? I think sometimes people have that mindset of this is how I was trained, so this is how I'm going to train someone else. You know, and people are like, well, I had to pay my dues. And you have that mindset, which is pretty detrimental, actually. Like, that's a total asshole boss that feels like they paid their dues, so everyone else has to as well. (laughs) Um, That's not the way the world should actually work. No, it shouldn't. (laughs) So sometimes I think it's a a lack of true leadership training. Again, that complete lack of self-awareness. And I think sometimes people don't understand that when you are in, you know, management role, when you're promoted to a leader, most of your time is going to be spent leading your team, not doing the work. And so when you promote the person who is great at doing the work to be the leader, that's sometimes the last person that should have been promoted. You hit on an important distinction there, because oftentimes like the next level for a a really good contributor is to promote them to a a manager a leader. Like here's some people responsibilities because we have nowhere else for you to go. Like you can't be, I mean, like as a contributor, there's probably a limit to where you can go. So natural progression is a manager, but oftentimes people are not prepared for it. There's something we could do to prepare these people before they become managers. And it should start, I I believe, before they step into that role. Don't you think? And is, is there something an organization can do to make sure that these people who are now moving from contributor to manager are well prepared so they never become an asshole boss in the first place. Yes, 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 yes. And see, this is that's the part I love, like that proactive piece. If you do succession planning, you know the people that you're saying, you know, within one year, two year, three year, five years, these are going to be your next leaders, right? So if you're doing succession planning, then you're able to identify those people and you're able to say, yes, this person, they are going to be the person, they are gaining the skills or they're not. And a really great organization will be able to have subject matter expert leads so that if someone is an awesome individual contributor, but they are not really good leader material, they still have a way up. They can still be promoted and they can be seen as that subject matter expert. Even in in regular roles, like not just engineering roles, you can have a customer service subject matter expert that people say, I'm having this horrible case. Like, what do I do? And I think when companies start to understand that the work being done, you can have an expert there and they're not your expert as a leader. Those are two separate things. And so when you have career pathing like that, it opens up the career growth to everyone. For somebody who's really committed to making a change, so they've hopefully recognize that they're a poor leader, poor manager, asshole boss, whatever you want to call them, and they want to make a change and they know they need to develop. What steps are there for them? Where would you start? Well, number one, buy my book. Yeah. Um, (laughs) For (laughs) self-awareness. Yes. (laughs) Um, But hopefully they have an HR team that they can go to and say, hey, I've recognized that I am not exhibiting the best leadership behaviors. Mm. What can I do to grow? What can I do to get some help? And if they don't have an HR team that is like that, go to LinkedIn and like just search leadership development. 
And there, there's tons of content out there. There are tons of people out there that can help. And there's information that you can get absolutely free that can help start you on that leadership journey. Yeah. And then I'm a huge reader and I always like to, to get book recommendations. Any, any books that you recommend from a, a leadership management standpoint that might help somebody in their, their journey? Yes. So my absolute favorite leadership book is uh, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Oh, yeah. Patrick Lencioni. That's a great yeah. one. Yeah. Because it, to me, it, it helps not just an individual leader, but it helps them understand how to work as a better teammate as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a crucial piece of leadership. You not only need to know how to lead your team, but you have to be a good peer as well. Any other books you recommend? I also love, and it's not necessarily just leadership, but execution, the, the art of getting things done. Because I think sometimes people might get too mired down in leadership and not really get things done. So there is a fine line. And so that is one of my most favorite books when it comes to how do you stay a strong leader, but also lead your team to success and execution. Mm-hmm. That's a good, that's a good point. You know, something that, that came to mind is like, I've done a, a lot of reading and I've done the LinkedIn stuff that you just recommended on becoming a better leader. And sometimes it's really hard because you're like, you're absorbing all this information, but have not practiced it yet. And sometimes trying it on your people is not easy. So I recommend, <laughs> and I've role played with other people, like other peer leaders before, yes. before I ha- go into a conversation. And I highly recommend that. I don't know if you ever done something like that before. Oh, but absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's really helpful. It feels awkward in the moment, but it's, hey, wouldn't you rather get all the, the kinks out before you actually go have this like difficult conversation or, you know, try some new tactic? <laughs> I'm definitely a fan of role playing those conversations and having the, the kind of you know, storyboarding it. If this person says this, then I'll say yep. that. If this person says this. And having peer advisory boards, joining a peer advisory board or like a mastermind group, I think is one of the most beneficial things that some leaders can do because you're able to get fresh ideas and perspective, bounce things off of people, do brainstorming with people. And it's not necessarily people that that are your peers. So if you have issues that you don't necessarily want to bring to your peers, having a different group of people can be a lifesaver. Yep. You know, last thing I just want to say, and this is more for the listeners, is people at contributor level employees, they don't want to work with assholes, especially ones that are leading the company. They will leave, and especially in this environment, they will find a better work environment. So if you take away anything from this conversation, it's like, recognize for one, if you're an asshole boss, or if you're working inside of an organization with a bunch of asshole bosses, and and make sure that you take action on this. Because I mean, we're all about, especially on this podcast, we're all about transforming workplaces for the better, making a great, safe environment and a happy one. And it starts with your managers. I'm telling you, I cannot stress that enough. Yeah, absolutely right. Well, Tamika, this has been such a pleasure having you on the podcast. Where can people connect with you, learn more, get your book, anything like that? Yeah, so I I can always be found on LinkedIn. I do a lot there, but Sears Coaching is my website and the book is on Amazon and you can just look up my author page, Tamika Sears, or just search for how to tell if you're an asshole boss. (laughs) I love it. Tamika (laughs) Sears, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. 